0: The Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see.
1: hello and welcome to the race hour podcast in association with bookmakers.co.uk your one-stop shop for all things football and horse racing betting i'm your host Dermot Nolan, and this is a very special edition of the race hour podcast because not only is it the aintree grand national special it is also our 100th ever episode which of course is a massive landmark in itself for us we're absolutely delighted now unfortunately dean ryan is not here and this is a pity on two fronts first of all obviously dean ryan is an incalculably better host than i will ever be but secondly as well it's just a real pity not to have dean here for our 100th ever episode which is a big deal to uh to me anyway i know it is to dean as well just want to say a massive thanks to dean for all the help on and off the podcast i am of the firm unbiased opinion that dean ryan is the best podcast host there is out there especially in horse racing anyway and uh, i just want to say a massive thanks to uh, dean for all of his endeavors throughout the 100 episodes it's been an absolutely crazy time of it lads Uh, absolutely Delighted to have my two guests on today, David and Paddy Aspin, who we have to thank for all of their their absolute years of service at this stage, and there's plenty others as well that we have to thank. Um, a massive thank to all of our guests, which included uh, obviously the enigmatic Stephen Cass, Dean Ryan, who we've mentioned already, Paddy and Dave. I uh, have to thank uh, Keen Kirby. Was on the last podcast, and of course, then going back through all the years to the likes of Chris Reed, Adam Kenny, David McGurran, Gavin Garrity, and Noel Hayes. We just have to say a massive thanks to all of you. And finally, for our 100 podcast, we just want to say a big, big thanks to all of our listeners. Um, I know that the lockdown has been particularly hard on everybody, but just having this podcast every week has been a real treat for. for for me personally anyway, and to know that all of you are listening is absolutely fantastic. So a big big thanks again to all of you and look look, lads, we made a hundred podcasts, Patty. Um absolutely great to have you on. And uh How's all with you?
2: Yeah, fair play, dermo It's an incredible number to get to, isn't it? Um I was surprised when I got the message off off Dino. You know, I didn't think we were up to that sort of number already, but fantastic and fair play. We've had some great banter. Along the way, had some great people involved, and hopefully, will so will do so in the future. And but, like you said, more than anything, you've got to say a big thank you to people who actually take the time to listen, isn't it?
1: Oh God, Paddy, absolutely huge, Paddy. We all go back a long way. Remember the uh, the race collar flat podcast back in the day, yeah. which were <laughs> which were definitely red, Ron. And we had you involved from the very start. And of course, our next uh, guest today as well. David Weldon, you've been involved since the, uh, the very start, as well. David, absolutely great to have you on. again. Yeah,
0: cheers, Dermot. Yeah, 100, 100 episodes is a serious landmark to hit, and uh, hopefully we can get another 100
1: in. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it won't stop there. Um. So, lads, we will we we'll kick on into the actual uh the actual podcast now. So we'll start off with the 145 This is the on uh, Thursday at the Aintree Festival. This is the SSS Super Allies Manifesto novices chase this is over two miles and four furlongs uh, david weldon i don't think you'll be going much further than the favorite fusel raffles there five to two no i won't be um i
0: think he's a cracking price five to two is a great um it's a knocking bet um hitman is a good horse but i don't think he's up to fusel raffles level i don't think he would have placed in a in a marsh and um, can with envoy allen fallen elder Alan allen was ridden for a place in, in the the Arkle. Um, he'll have to be more competitive here to get involved and the shunter he's had a hard season now um, and while I wouldn't put a past connections it, it'd be a fierce uh, fierce achievement to get him up and ready for a, a race of this nature as well and um, I don't think the rest really have a chance so I think Fuso Raffles I think he was unlucky against Chantry House I think he kind of just made a couple of uh, obviously mistakes maybe because of first run back a bit fresh maybe um, after a long break since his last run um, and I think he'll be spot on here for this um, and I think 5-2 is a great bet
1: I completely uh, agree with that, Dave, as well. And um, Paddy, I thought one of the best rides at the Chelan Festival was actually not a winning ride. I thought it was Harry Cobden on um, Eldorado Allen to Rob 2nd in the Arkle Chase. I thought it was one of the most superb rides. Now, he he deserts Eldorado Allen for Hitman, but I'd say, obviously, he he probably had to do... Where would you be leaning here, Paddy?
2: I think I'd be in agreement with Dave Fuser-Raffles. I mean, he is top of these... On the book 155. He's very, very solid. And that was a massive effort last time, albeit looked comfortably held, but behind a very, very good one, I think. And it'd be interesting to see. I mean, Protectorat completely bombed out in, in what was what looked a shoe in the last day. It was just too bad to be true, but the ground looked pretty awful. They've done his They've done his wind and they've tied his tongue down. Um, Pretty quick turnaround to have had that done. Be interesting to see if it makes much difference. I mean, that like I say, Kelso was just too bad to be true. But going into this, the majority of these have got pretty solid credentials. The Shunter, I love this horse, but I've just noticed of late that Emmett Mullins' is runners, they've not really just been seeing the races out. And this, as Dave said, this boy's had a pretty... Busy year, but absolutely cracking it, horse. And I mean, the thing is, even if he does turn up on, on, on Thursday, he's done his, he's more than done his job for the season. So you, you could forgive a moderate
1: effort, but I think our favourite is pretty solid here, Dharma. I completely agree with you there, <clears throat> Paddy, as well. Right. So that is three votes for Fusel Raffles in the Manifesto Novices Chase. So hopefully we can get your Aintree Festival off to an absolute flyer. Uh, the next race, Paddy, it's not a race that I'd be getting heavily involved in I thought uh, Mon Morale just looks very solid here Paddy and there's no reason why Daggio might turn that form around with him no
2: it's hard to see Um, he's very very likeable very forward going really likeable horse this and you know I mean he's won by some very wide margins as well also and I think he, he is deserving of his lofty 147 rating but I mean I wouldn't like to see him get much shorter because you know we've got others here who've got a fair bit of experience also I really do like the Philly down the bottom of Donald McCain's. I mean, I think at ten to one, she's a cracking. Won't say you know she's obviously got to finish in the first two, but for me, she looks very, very straightforward. She's a typical sort of Mark Johnson cast off, very tough front runner, uh, but she stays, jumps, travels. Been I'm very impressed with her, and you know she's been been well campaigned by Donald McCain, and you know she's no back number and taking on the boys here. Obviously, she is going to get her allowance. She has got a bit to do. On ratings, but nonetheless, she could just be a little bit underrated here.
1: Yeah, Paddy, and it's a real pity just that there's not the eight runners, isn't it? Because she she'd be a real knock in each way betting this then, and um, because she's she's fourteen to one, but she's been impressive at um, at Musselburgh for sure. Uh, Dave, where are you leaning here? Um, yeah, I I probably will not have a bet
0: unless the price between Juan morale and Adagio gets significantly more different. Um, I think they should be closer in the betting. Um, Adagio put up a serious performance the last day behind Colixios in the Triumph it's just whether that's too quick a turnaround for him but um, he ran in December then ran in January so he he should be okay Um, I I think he should be closer to Monreal in the the market, they've achieved pretty much the same thing with maybe Adagio achieving more by running in the Triumph Um, and then at a bigger prize I thought John Locke ran with a lot of promise for Dan Skelton in the Adonis Hurdle uh, Point Tritonic. Now that former has been let down since, but he could still be an improving horse. and um, he's only had one run, so he's a big price. Maybe in the without market without front two, and maybe in a match bet with with, the, with one or the others there. Um, but I thought Adajo was was should be the favourite and is probably the most likely winner.
1: Yeah, it's a pity that at the likes of um a duffel Coat obviously hasn't got over his injury because I would love to I've seen him in a race like this but anyway we will move on now to the the Betway bowl Chase lads this is one of the weaker renewals of this race th- that I can remember I've got uh, two notes here Dave first of all I think it's crazy harsh that uh, Jack Kennedy's up on Tiger Roll not that Jack Kennedy's not an amazing jockey but Keith who has done everything with this horse I just find this an incredible uh, situation really not to have have Keith Donooh up here but i don't like the front of the market dave am i mad for thinking that mr fisher going over three miles three miles one at aintree could just improve that a little bit it, it
0: might suit him Dermo, and he, he's kind of where i'm starting um for the ball but um just on tiger Roll, it could be great to see him win and it's just the whole kind of pantomime behind the um gigan's down saying he's not a 167 horse we're gonna run him in a grade one see what happens and um, if he went to win it now they'd have serious egg in their face which would be great but um, Mr. Fisher, he had a serious hard race the last day in that Ryanair. I, I'd be very wary about backing anything um, that ran in that Ryanair. It was a, a serious um, time performance by um, and He just blasted him out of the way, and everyone was kind of gasping for air in behind. So it'll take long longer than 21 days to get over that run. The one I'm kind of leaning towards, he's a bit of a flyer, um, but he's short enough in the market, is Castle. Castle. Um, that race in, at Kempton like, behind, when he beat Eric Rouge was... um. There was no prisoners taken that day and it was a serious pace from, from start to finish. And he came through and won it well. And he just struck me as an improvement sort. And Tom George is in good form at the moment. He's had seven winners from his last thirty-one runners in the last two weeks. Um which is a, a good kind of starting point for Tom George. He kinda of, he's a bit of an in and out trainer at the moment. Um you have to appreciate at uh top of the market. Skip Cheltenham to come to this fresh and Paul Nichols. While he's had an maybe indifferent gentleman and all that, he, he'd be, he's tired on a lot of his horses here on the better ground. So he, he's probably the right favourite. Native River had a tough race the last day and kind of didn't, was pushed along the whole way under Dickie Johnson. um, So he, he, he worried about what's left there and he kind of shown that he doesn't really like Aintree in the past as well. So um, Clondog Castle each way um, a to vote.
1: Do you know what's very interesting with him dave as well is that um he actually comes into this from the exact same handicap at kempton as um Nackarat did before he won this for tom george so it, that that would look like a small bit of a a bit of a plan there um and this race as we know through through the years with the likes of uh, follow the plan and uh, T for two this race can throw a few funny results because paddy i did not like the last time how clandazobo was kind of he was he was seen out of that race i thought quite quite comfortably enough by Secret Investor. I know it was only a neck, but a horse like Secret Investor, as much as I really like that horse, he shouldn't be beating a horse like Clandazobo. Where would you be leaning here, Paddy? Yeah, <clears throat> I would be in agreement with that statement, Durable, because
2: <clears throat> I think about Clandazobo is you'd have thought from the back of the last of Newbury the last day, he'd have been very, very short in running, and yeah, I think you could maybe accuse him of giving it up a little bit. And interesting to see a nine-year-old that Paul Nichols has whacked a pair of cheap pieces on him. And you know, time is just getting on. He's not won a race for a good while now. Tandazobo, which is probably the most worrying thing, uh, what the reason is. But I mean, Native River, John, John Neal gets back on him here. He has won on his only previous try on him. I mean, he's two from three at entry Native River, and I know he left an awful lot of work up to to Dicky the last day at Cheltenham and gave himself no chance really he's really he was only picking up the pieces so he's going to have to be a bit sharper this time round because he's not going to get the chance to to stay on and, and get involved around the track like this if, if he races throughout the race like he did at Cheltenham but I'm I'm with the horse down the bottom here of Ruth Jefferson's waiting patiently because he's finally getting his go over this trip three mile I mean. He's been the bridesmaid so often and, you know, they've been up and down in trip with him, but he's just a very, very talented horse. He's not far behind these in ratings off 167. Brian Hughes on board again. And I just think this could be the absolute make of him up to three mile over fences around a flat track. And I just hope he gets his day in the sun because he certainly wouldn't be winning out at turn dermo
1: no paddy and he ran very well in the king george Off his only go at this trip so far didn't he but he was just a, a bit too far off the pace that day so definitely having another goal to trip because last time i just thought that he was a bit far off it i'd like to see a bit more of a drift on him i just think five to one on the ground would just concern me a small bit but at entry look it'll be good to soft ground so hopefully he should be okay because i struggle to think of a horse in training bar melon maybe who deserves um his his big day again as much as waiting patiently does because root jefferson has really had to had to be patient with this horse so it's waiting patiently for day uh, for paddy it is clondock castle for dave dave nearly has me persuaded on that as well but at the moment i'll i'll stick with uh, with mr fisher so moving on now to the uh, 325 on thursday it is the aintree hurdle Um, this is a race over two miles and um and four furlongs an absolutely class race I'm surprised to see Mac Fabulous' favourite, Paddy. Um, I know he's a good horse, but the likes of Abracadabras, uh, I know he fell last time, but still he carries in some some very strong form here, um, as does Jason DeMilleton. Where were you leaning here, Paddy? Yeah, I suppose
2: you had to be disappointed with Mac Fabulous the last day. He was sent off pretty skimpy, wasn't he, for the um, National Spirit at fought Well, and I thought. It was a very, very underwhelming performance, albeit he looked like on the day he came up against a revitalised Bruinist brewing up a storm who was back to his best and I think been very, very well trained by Oli Murphy because he's a very talented horse and just jumping fences didn't come natural to him. So maybe McFabulous, you could forgive him uh, that day, but it was just the fact that he was beaten so far in the end. But McFabulous has won here. Um, So I think he's maybe just about deserving favorite but very very tight race i mean there's a few old favorites in here you know i like the horse down at the bottom but he's got to leave a very ordinary run behind him the last day but i could well see it happening to be honest for song for someone because he was well beaten at wing canton but it turned into a real dog fight on very very bad ground um but nonetheless he was beaten 22 lengths the only worry for me is Thomas Simmons hasn't been very busy with runners lately he's only had four in the last fortnight so impossible really to have any sort of an angle as to where the string are at at the minute um, so you're a little bit of guesswork there really um, but I'm not going to desert him um, like I say there are some old favourites in here and, the, and there is some some younger up and coming horses but if Song for Someone is anywhere back near to his best I think he's a hellish good horse with Dave Bass on board and
1: uh, a 9-1 to one does look a very decent price there Paddy as well, uh, Mr. David Weldon? Yeah, it's a tricky enough race, um, I kind of I, I think he should be fired from the field
0: anyway, I think McFaddis is too short um, like he was beating out the way in, in, the, in the national spirit of um, by and by bringing up storm there's no way there should be the price differential between them that there is um, Abercadavers had a fall and it was early enough as well, they don't really know how he was going or how he was going to finish out the race um, so he'd have to be involved as well and I, I love Jason the De DeMilletons, I absolutely love him um, I think his performance beating Petty Mushar the last day at Ferry House it was a serious performance. Petty Mushar went on to finish second in the county after that. I know he disappointed at Cork over the weekend, but um even still I think he he's a stonk in each way bet at, at six to one. And I would I wouldn't rule out Boulevard there. Um I know he was disappointed the last day behind Navajo Pass but that was hate off heavy ground. He's been given a fair break since the I know they're always positive notes coming out of the yard, but they're they're really positive on him. And um, then he's back to somewhere near his best. And uh, he's only a ten-year-old. He's not. He's not. It's a teenager at this stage. You now he still could have a, a race like this in him. And at eleven to one, I think he's a good each way bet as well. I'd be taking on um, Fabulous Abacadabras and um, maybe Growing Up a Storm. And um, but I think Boover there and Jason Middleton are a good each way value in the, in the entry hurdle.
1: Absolutely brilliant, Dave. Cheers. Um, I think um, Abacadabras lads is uh. I think he's he's circling around being kind of better the weak territory at those odds he, he'd a he'd a uncharacteristic fall his jumping hasn't been his strong point but still he he he's never looked like falling that was a very uncharacteristic one i was devastated on because i was big in him each way but he could have ended up having a very hard race that day against honeysuckle who probably wasn't going to be beaten anyway so abracadabras might have been spared that and he he runs here off nine to two considering his form considering that i think entry will actually suit him he, he should get a strong pace with the likes of jason the militant and um, and song for someone and the longer trip might allow him to actually jump that a little bit more comfortably. i think Abercadabras is an absolutely cracking bet here at nine to two but look it's a very interesting race full of contenders as you can see we've all landed down on different ones here the 405 it, is actually one of my favorite races of the week bar the uh, the grand national itself i absolutely love the uh, control chaos of the uh, fox hunters chase this is a really cracking renewal full of some absolutely savage types mr david maxwell's on the second favorite there on cat tiger uh Bill Away, who was second yet again in the um, in the Cheltenham equivalent is your favorite at 100 to 30. Who do you fancy here Dave?
0: Um, I'm keen on one here now. Uh, dashing perk for the good Dr. Richard Newland and uh, the Mr. Aintree himself, Mr. Sam Wadey cohen um, He looks like he's been laid out for this race. He has form at Aintree. Um, he had a good run at Canton at the third of March behind Cat de Burley. Um, and I think this has been probably the plan for a long time. That, that, I, that jockey book is just seriously eye-catching. Sam Whitey-Cohen has a serious record over these fences. Um and he has been running in better races for the past year or so now. Before running in that Wincanton race. Um and if twelve to one, fourteen to one, he he's a cracking bet.
1: Dave. That's absolutely perfect. Uh, Paddy here, I was quite keen on on late night pass, Paddy. I thought that uh, the run last time at Sheldon was actually very eye-catching and just the three-mile one there kind of cut this horse out because I thought he was jumping big and bold, everything you'd want in this race. And late night pass, dropping back and trip here under Gina Andrews, eight-year-old horse who's improving with every run. I thought that was a real eye-catching effort, Paddy. Who did you fancy here?
2: Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, there's no doubt at Cheltenham the last day, uh, Dermo he just, he was too gassy. He was doing too much all the way. And, and in the end, you know, he'd he done well not to get beaten further than what he did. He was entitled to get tired. It'd be interesting to see him back here on, on an easier track. But he's been an absolute credit to Connections and he's very, very talented late night pass and very shrewd operator Tom Ellis and his, his partner gina Andrews for sure. Um, but for me, I think I can't get away from the horse at the top here, Bill away Patrick Mullins, he knows this horse like the back of his hand. He's never been out of the money on him in seven rides. And he's very, very consistent horse. And I know they're they're coming back at him again off the back of Cheltenham where he did have a hard race. Like I say, he's very, very solid this nine year old, and he's probably more solid than a good few of these, and you know, without sounding bad. Cat Tiger is younger legs. He's probably a horse who's still on the improve. He really looks to have benefited from that wind up, but you've always got to take Dave Maxwell into account. He's a top man <laughs> and he, he's great value and, and a very enthusiastic guy. But you know, when you've got Patrick Mullins' upsides, Dave Maxwell, you kind of have a fair idea where where people what side is it, yeah, kind, of it. kind of coming down. Which you know, but but that's just the way it is. He he he. Um, it, it costs him an awful lot of money to to. You know pursue his hobby, so fair play to him. But I think for people who are investing their own money, um, they'd, they'd be probably safer in, in in bill away for me, anyway.
1: Absolutely perfect. So that's it bill away for Paddy. That is, um, remind me of your pick again, Dave. Sorry,
0: um, do, 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 do,
1: do. no worries at all. It was the Sam Whaley Cohen and Dr. Richard Newland. Sorry, I just that, that's the perk. There dashing park perfect and it is a, a late night pass for me sorry about that so that is the end of our our day one assessment we will take a quick break now where we have the uh, the words from our supremo Dean Ryan who gives you his um, his grand national fancy.
3: Hello everyone Dean Ryan here from the lockdown towers of my own home you can't have a race hour podcast without me mentioning the word towers of course Um I believe it's the hundredth time we've asked people to listen to something from the race hour team which is a uh, pretty uh, impressive achievement Um I think if I recall correctly I think Jessica Harrington might have been on the very first episode just after Moscow Flyer has sadly passed and had a chapter about how what a great horse he was and we've been very lucky actually during the the years of the race hour to bring lots of um, special guests on and the reason they come on is because they don't see themselves as special they see themselves as part of the racing game and and don't mind talking about horses which is what uh, the race hour has always been about so that's been an absolute delight more recently of course likes of Paddy Aspel Stephen Cass Dave Weldon uh, Connor O'Hare Kian Kirby just recently um, Gav Gerrard who was on there before and um, dave mcguren if you go back there's even been likes of noel hayes don mclean nick luck and um, we've been very lucky to have some some super people on the podcast including the likes of uh, joe chambers and rich Ritchie and harry skelton and uh, joe tizard and etc 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 and thanks to everyone who's always got involved uh, we do enjoy doing it hopefully this isn't the last uh, time you'll hear our uh, dulcet tones reach a milestone and that's that's 100 shows or 100 times we you actually listen to something I should be back for the next one at Punchestown but before that it's Aintrick and uh, you're listening to Dermot Nolan who without him really the heartbeat of the race hour doesn't exist if you do follow him on Twitter or get involved in what he does on Sunday nights with the race hour on Twitter that's really what the heartbeat of the race hour is all about so I think uh congratulations I have to go to him before anyone else so um fair play lads uh, as for the grand national probably got it narrowed down to two or three cloth cap looks super obvious but um and he's, a, he's the probably a <laughs> terrible price actually for the favorite of the grand national but uh, these days it's more of a glorified hurdle so he shouldn't have any problems with the fences he'd likely get a clear run at it and looks super well in uh, so cloth cap makes a lot of sense mr malarkey looks decent for the tizard yard i think he's fits a lot of the profile that i like about a grand national horse and he's a much bigger price annabelle fly um also been given a real chance this year for tony martin and crew to uh, to finally land a grand national having done so well in it in the past he's got a touch of class and i think he'll he'll probably get involved um and they'd be probably where i'd be going for longer price stabs but um yeah cloth cap does look obvious. But hopefully Annabelle Flower, Mr. Malarkey will go close. Uh, enjoy the episode and everything to do with Aintree. I'll be back. Catch you around Town time. And uh, for now, I'll leave you alone and in the capable hands of uh, Damon Nolan and crew.
1: And welcome back to the Race Hour podcast. This is the Aintree Grand National Special we'll move on now to the second day of the Aintree Festival and we'll start off with the 2.20, the Aintree Top Novices Hurdle, uh, Dave Weldon, a horse that you've always been a massive fan of, My Drogo is the favourite here at the moment, he does have an entry or two otherwise but this would look like the common sense uh, port of call for him, um, he's 7-2 David that does look a decent bet here. Yeah, it looks, it looks a big price I now. Mean, he was
0: 9-4, so he's drifted a little bit. Um, maybe they're looking at the other race, and the other Harry getting horse has been backed a little bit third time lucky. Um, so maybe they might not be running here. They might be going elsewhere. But if he was to rock up here, I think he'd take a hell of, beat, hell of a lot of beating. Um, he, he won very well the last day at, Kel's, at uh, Kelsoya. Yeah do your job who is a horse I have a lot of time for as well he beat him by 9-10 lengths so that was a good performance Skip skipped Chetland to come here and um, do serve would be the other one that I'd be fearful of for him Um he beat Soren Glory on debut receiving away from Soren Glory but soaring Glory has gone on to improve on that Um not running too badly in the in Supreme just outclassed but he could be a good horse but he might lack a bit of experience whereas my Drogo ticks all them boxes and at 7-2 I think he's good better right yeah
1: Absolutely perfect. And um, Paddy, just moving on to this, the English trainers will be absolutely thrilled to see that there's no Irish horse here. Um, Paddy, just to um, just kind of focus on that for a second, what do you think is causing the whole discrepancy at the moment, Paddy, between how far clear the Irish in every um, facet of, um, of national hunt racing seem to be at the moment?
2: Well, I suppose it's just its investment, the other side of the water now, Dermo, isn't it? Because <clears throat> gone are the days when anything looked in Ireland to have a shred of ability, and you know the next thing was he, he was on the boat and 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 he was gone over here, you know. Um, yeah. Because they, they've had that investment in Ireland and top and bottom, it, it all boils down to finances, Dermo. They, they've got the owners over there who can afford these horses, so they stay where they are. And I think people are finally starting to to see the light. This just the prize money is far better and you know the the job isn't diluted down as much and you've got better stuff at the weekend and then through the week you haven't got such influx of race then and it's just quantity or it's quality over quantity and and it it's just winning the day um and the the, the there's a big you know the, there's a big um what's what's the word to use it's going to take a, a, a fair bit to, to pull it back around because ireland as we've seen are just just way ahead on, on on quality at the
1: minute they are paddy and obviously like when you were starting out paddy and obviously you moved over to the uk it was obviously a very different landscape back then do you know that would that would like starting off now most irish young jockeys would probably stay in ireland now because of the um the kind of difference in class but when you would have first moved over all those years ago paddy was it the only option really was to go to the uk if you wanted to be a jockey oh without a doubt um you know you didn't even
2: unless you had a big family connection with horse racing in ireland that was you, you, your first thought was was getting a job in the uk because that, that was the place to be
1: Dharma. Absolutely, yeah. got it's an absolutely massive shift. And speaking of this uh, this tough novices hurdle, obviously now, thank God, it will be one back for the UK, Paddy. And uh, who do you fancy here?
2: Well, I mean, my Drogo, he's got a mark of, of 150 and very, very deserving. I mean, he's an absolute beast. He travels. He does everything so easily. Uh, he's very, very high class, this. And he has been well placed, there's no doubt. But obviously the lads have had their eye on this prize here. And although it's it's looking like it's going to be a pretty strong lineup. Um, My Drogo, very, very talented horse, And he's coming here relative, relatively fresh compared to others.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree on that as well. If My Drogo does, does turn up here or wherever he does turn up, I will be backing him. I think he's the uh, himself and Dusart are the best two of the UK novice hurdlers from this season. So moving on now to the 250. This is the mild way mild may novices chase and this is over three miles and one furlong paddy i thought chantry house looked like he wanted every yard of this when winning the um the marsh chase at the at the Cheltenham festival he was very impressive that day but this looks a decent field. the likes of a fiddler on the roof here who ran very well in the um in the rsa chase um at the Sheldon Festival, they won't be far away here either, will they? No, for sure. Uh, I
2: think he's got certainly more on his plate here. But when I've seen him win at Wetherby two starts back, Chantry House, he's just a horse who maybe visually your your eye isn't always drawn to him because he just goes about his business, you know, f- fairly ordinary. But he's very, very talented. You know, Sonny Yates, he's ultra tough. And I mean, he produced by far his, his uh, career best for him last time and uh, he, uh, for me if he could run to anywhere sort of near that mark I think he would get the job done here and and you know he, he's three from four over fences this season and for me done very very little wrong
1: I can feel Dean Ryan now, Paddy, when his um, he will be listening to this now while he's minding his kids at home, as he is today, and he will be shouting and screaming at it, saying that uh, <laughs> that fiddler in the roof wins this race. Um, Dave, who do you fancy here?
0: Um, well, not Colin Tizzard pair, anyway. Um, I think they were kicked to touch by a, a, a below average um, monkfish the last day, and Fiddler was given kind of a similar ride to Elder Elder Alan to pick up the pieces. Um, I think this I think San, Chantry House would go off odds on here. Um, yeah, two to one looks a cracking bet. Sean you'd have to worry about him getting home at this trip. And he wasn't declared for the shorter race earlier on the week. So you'd be worried about him. They're happy-go-lucky. If he goes here instead of the handicap, would have to have a chance because he, he, he does stay very well. Um, as well as the other Kim Bailey horse, Esport around, but I'm not really sure what he's beaten this year. And um, so like, when you go through it, you're kind of ticking them off ticking them off and you can just come back to Shantry house and now it's an original tick to two to one favorite but i think this lad is a potential gold of horse for next year
1: absolutely perfect um so it's Shantry house for dave it is um chantry house for paddy and i am actually going to go with uh, fiddler on the roof i thought that colin tizard's horses showed a definite spur of life I thought he was by far the best of the uk trainers just after Nicky henderson at the festival all of his horses seem to run really well i think those horses will only improve going into entry and i think fit on the roof could well be the bet here in what to me looks a bit of a week a uh, grade one we just don't know how chantry house will do over that trip albeit he does look like he wants it moving on now to one of the the bigger races of the week it is the registered as the marks marsh chase now but it is the melling chase it's over two miles and four furlongs dave i think this looks really weak and i don't see a reason why politolog won't win this
0: yeah i can see that, I see that argument. they're always uh, run well here before in the past and um, my issue with it would be that he's not going to get an easy time in front so you're going to have Dash the trasher master tommy tucker and on from the same stable as politolog but he only really knows one way of going and that's forward um, so Demetri are probably going to go ahead and take themselves take themselves on. If future Geneva was to run in here as well, he's kind of a similar-framed uh, horse as well that likes to go forward. So with that in mind, I'm looking to take on the favourite. Again, Fakir dairies was um, a tough race in the Ryanair last. He was an non-runner the weekend. So I think he if he does go here, he'd have to improve. And I'm going to take an absolute chance on one of my favourite horses in training, um, Midnight Shadow um, for Sue Smith and Ryan Mania and um, back in the other in great form now did a winner haydock over the weekend in uh, one of the finishing races there and um, they pulled up the last day overheard us skip chat so i think this is gonna have he's gonna have a right chance here and um, at 20 to 1 he's a massive chance in a race that might just fall apart um
1: from the front okay perfect dave that, that's that's uh that's a, a big shout there a 20-to-1 shout, but on um on races like this. Paddy, pull it for me at um, at 5-to-2. He just, to me, looks the the grade one horse of all of these, and he's won this race before, finished second last year to Min, Miss Cheltenham, so he comes in here a bit fresh. I think he looks the better, Paddy.
2: Certainly, and I think after that Ascot race, Durmo, he wouldn't
1: need freshen
2: up because, you know, he went toe-to-toe. With Kim Bailey's first floor, didn't he? Um, and you know they they had a proper nip and tuck, and in the end he was a tired horse and, and well beaten in the end. Uh, but seventy six days, he does run this track well. He's very very solid. You know, he's ten year old, and you know what you're going to get with Little Log. But I think there's certainly there won't be no margin for error in this because for me Dashel Drasher, although he's still not the finished article, going left handed. Uh, I think he's absolutely made for this. At times, he can be a little bit casual with his jumping, but he's got a massive engine. And I think if he was trained by a different trainer, um, he would generally start even a bit shorter. But he's a horse who has done nothing but improve all season. And although, as I say, eight-year-old, I think he is still actually on the improve. But for me, the biggest thing here is going left-handed with a rail all the way to run against um, I'd probably have slight preference here for Dashel Drasher, but very little room for error here because it's a very tight race.
1: Unbelievably. Uh, race is right. So that is uh, Dashel Drasher for Paddy. It is Plitlog for me. And it is Midnight Shadow at 20 to 1 for Mr. David Weldon. The next race now, uh, Paddy, this is a real cracker altogether. This is the uh, Topham Chase. It's always an absolute belter. Um, and it's one of those races, Paddy, where they're, it's just absolute bedlam, isn't it? And Live, Love, Laugh, he's the favourite here f- for Willie Mullins. I can see the angle, he ran very well in the Cheltenham Festival or at, in the Aintree Festival a few years ago. Over these fences, just kind of didn't quite see out the the Grand National trip. But the one I like here is uh, Precious Cargo at 16 to 1. I think he could be a bit ahead of that mark, especially now with Nicky Henderson horses coming back to form again. Who do you like here, Paddy?
2: Yeah, Precious Cargo. He still is only an eight-year-old, so he's certainly got that on his side. The other you mentioned, I think Dermo is, you know, it's just his his strike rate, live, love, laugh, is poor. Generally, he picks up a bit of money and, 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 and does run his race, uh, but he's it's just very hard to actually get him over the line um, really looking forward to this I, I'm the same as you Durma. I do enjoy this race there was a couple here I wanted to have a go at certainly if, if they were declared anyway I think at a massive price a 10 year old of Tom Gretton's called Cotto Rico. he's I mean you look at his form figures and you might think I'm mad but this is a real I won't say classy but he's a very strong travelling ball jumping horse which ideally you don't really want him to be too bold but he is pretty good on his feet. He's been around some big tracks, Puerto Rico. Brian Hughes is jocked up to ride. He knows this horse well. I mean, he's got up and down the country to ride this horse. Uh, so he obviously thinks a fair bit of him. And obviously you need plenty of luck in running, but he's going to be a big price because he's trained by a, a, you know, a reasonably small operator, but capable in Tom Gretton. And I think with a bit of luck, Puerto Rico, if, he can see this out which he's got every chance of doing with someone like the likes of Brian Hughes on his back will just sit and save and save. I think Puerto Rico could pick up a bit of money here at a massive price.
1: Absolutely perfect. Uh, Paddy, you fancied him as well for the festival, didn't you? He? he just didn't go um, but he's a very interesting horse who has turned up in some big races and ran some absolutely huge ones. And Dave Weldon? Yeah, I fancy
0: two here. Um, one is senior citizen for Alan King. And um, he finished fourth the last day behind Umbregado. That was a good race, kind of the big big bite if you remember true the way um he has run over these fences ran the Grand Sefton at uh, the December meeting and finished second behind Espo Ramme back in Huntington in November on good ground. So Jackson the ground. He goes well to track um a one seven looks a mark a mark that is exploitable and then at a big price, if he runs here for Kerry Lee. Storm control and finished fifth in the Kim the last day after trying to make all he's just a horse who could get into a rhythm out in front if he takes to these fences and could just be they might not see which way he went um, and he is a big prize about 28 to 1
1: absolutely perfect dave they are uh, they are some some big prices as we've seen in this race down through the years that that can happen so next up lads is the 440 the doom bar sefton novices hurdle Uh, this is over three miles and half a furlong brave man's game who was all the talk going into Cheltenham, he bids to undo what happened there but again he bumped into two two very smart horses he's your nine to four favorite dave um this is a very decent field but he looks like he wants this trip, and if he is as good as they thought he was coming into that race, and he might have just bumped into two very good ones there. Nine to four is quite backable, isn't it?
0: It it is indeed, Dermot. Um, now he's in the two and a half mile race as well, but I, I'd imagine he'd probably come here and step up and trip now. Um, and I, apparently, we would like to see him go and win, just to kind of stamp what we all think about that Ballymore—that it was a good race and there are three good horses. And um, so for him to go and get his Grade One now would 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 be good. Um, it's not really a race i've had a massive interest in yet because like, there are a lot of double entries between this and the two mile four race um that likes and you don't know what the likes of hey, gentleman maybe streets dying come over drill deal is still there towards the top of the market um and then a lot of them were kind of also runs in the albert bartlett and it's a it's a kind of quick turnaround from that kind of slog of a race to here at, at a massive price and a sizable sound for jeremy, jeremy scott he's going to be a better chaser next year and whatever he, he's doing this year is a bonus. Uh, but he was very good twice this season when winning the second time at Wincanton when he beat one-up man up ship, one upmanship, um, in a good race. Uh, he was very green on the run in there. And then he went to Newbury for a, a big kind of competitive handicap and he went, went off fourth one favourite. But he kind of just didn't get to run in a the race. Think maybe the hustle and bustle of a handicap didn't really suit. I think this could cut up a bit to a small field and he might just get a soft lead in front and be able to, to do his own thing and, and be left alone and, and just kind of kick on then to out and maybe show up some good things but he's only rated 131 so he's a massive amount to find with the, the likes of a brave man game if he shows up but a 50 to 1 i can't let him go on back
1: ah uh, yeah fair enough fair enough um i see pat's man's fancy or pat's fancy is running here but just like uh like my exes i've i've had my fun there and i it's time to move on. Um, the um, I I think this is a cracking field, Paddy. I think the likes of Oscar Lee could be seen as being too big a price. Gally Hill going up in trip. Nicky Henderson has only spoke huge about him. I see the shunters in here. He obviously won't go here now, but it's mad to think that he could still run in a novice's hurdle as well. Uh, Paddy, where are you leaning here?
2: I think, I mean, Nichols... He was speaking plenty about this brave man's game before Cheltenham, wasn't he? Because it was one of the, the prizes at the, the festival that was so far eluding him was the, the Ballymore. And I mean, look, I think to finish 12 lengths behind a horse as classy as Bob Ollinger probably wasn't disgraced. And he's maybe just about run his race, but he's a fine big individual. You could maybe just see him being a bit more balanced and things just happening a bit easier for him round a track like Aintree and it would be no surprise to see him get back on the winning thread. Another one I wanted to mention was the horse at the top, Adramel. He he really bombed out at Cheltenham. He's a horse, I think as well, who was a little bit slightly mentally immature. Um, I see Johnny Burke is jocked up to ride for Tom Lacey. I think he's quite high class and the way he cut out so quickly at Cheltenham, I don't think he was beaten on merit on the day. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me again with him also, if he was to be on the senior, Adjamel, I think he's pretty classy. But Brave Man's game, I think, will be a lot more comfortable around a track like this.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like um, again, he has entered in the uh, in the Mersey Officer Hurdle, as Dave said, but just he's he's five to one there for that, or so, and he's seven to two. Or sorry, he's nine to four for this. So you would imagine he will go this way, and I think Brave Man's game if he does turn up he'll take an awful lot of stopping but oscar Lee does definitely deserve a mention each way at 10 to 1 or so i think that's a big price so that is our assessment of day two of the entry festival we move on next um after this quick break which we'll hear from our regular Stephen cass who of course we had to get his um his sultry tones onto our 100th race hour podcast so after the break we'll come back for the final day and of course the big one the ancient grand national
4: hi stephen cass here thanks to all our listeners for getting us to 100 episodes of the race hour and well done to dean and dermo for for manning the ship uh for the last few years they're fantastic um after cheltenham my attention tends to switch away from the national hunt uh the weather is getting better and i like my entertainment in less than less than three and a half minute snatches. and uh, You could ask my wife that, but I uh, very much switch my attention to Eurovision at this time of year. That's the good stuff, but I still have a national fancy, and that's far class. Uh, Chase form, very strong, seven runs over fences, likes good ground, third in the Paddy Power place at the Dublin Race Festival. If you watch back the plate when he was second to the shunter, he was actually shuffled back uh just as they turned for home and he was he really came with a strong one to be second i think he'll have no problem staying two pounds well in jack kennedy rides 33 to one looks a big price again thanks to all our listeners for getting us to 100 episodes and uh enjoy entry everyone
1: and welcome back to the final part of our entry grand national special podcast uh, this is dearman nolan joined by paddy aspel and david weldon if you're still with us, we are in line for an absolutely cracking day of racing on Saturday, which, of course, um, starts off with us here on the podcast with the 2.25 Mersey Novices Hurdle. This is over two miles and four. Was Paddy, obviously, there's a few horses here that we're not quite sure where they're running, if they're running, where they might go. But it's very interesting to see, um, see Bally Adam entered here for the two-and-a-half-mile race. This could really suit him. I thought that he was just... his jumping can be exposed a bit over over two miles. So a race going up the distance like this, if Henry de Bromhead does bring him, he'd be quite interesting here, Paddy, wouldn't he?
2: Yeah, his jumping just wasn't good enough, was it? I'd them, um, you know, albeit no, no match at all for the winner. Um, it just really did let him down. So he's going to have to improve in that department because we do know that the engine is there. There is one in here, Dermo, that he has only got one entry, um, and that's J B Y. Of Alan Kings. Now he's got a mark of one three six, but I think he has shown some really good form round. He's, he's only been to Warwick all three all three runs this time. Now he finished fifth behind Adramel, but it was a proper bunch finish on his second start this season. He was only three lengths behind him in the end to say he finished third. But either side of that, two good wins at Warwick. I think he's just quite a classy individual. He was well entitled to win the last day sent off at, at very skinny odds, but I just think. He's very very likable. Same here. Flat track, going left-handed. I think he's quite classy. JB And and um, if he turns up here, it is his only entry. So hopefully he will. JB for me.
1: At at fine odds of um, twenty to one, Paddy. So that's um, absolutely no harm there whatsoever. And uh, Mr. David willen well, 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 Paddy Allen definitely going for this, is he? Uh, he's definitely. I haven't heard whether he he definitely is or yeah. not, but he's. Um, it's his only entry anyway. Yeah, yeah.
0: It'd be surprising if he went. But anyway, um the way I'm looking at this, right? So you take out my drogo, Brave Hands, game, do the Junter and Adrimel, who are all double entering and likely to go for the, the three mile race and the two mile race, you're left with Valley Adam at six to one and then twelve to one on the field. Um you could probably take out Cape Gentleman and drill deal as well. Um so this market is going to change, it's going to be turned upside down um, when decks come out on Thursday. So either have, if you have an opinion on something like back it now um, and have a, go, have a go at it because you're going to get half the price, if not less, on uh, on Thursday when, when decks are out finally. Two I like, uh, pipe smoker for Nicky Henderson. He was fourth on his reappearance this year after a year off behind Red Rookie at Sandown on heavy ground. This horse wants good ground. He was only two and a quarter lengths behind Chantry House at Cheltenham in December 19 on good to soft ground. They, think, they actually think the world of him. He's still unexposed. He's still a novice. They've taken their time with him. And the 16th one, I think he's a bet now. I think he could go off close to favourite on the day. And then one, I think he's going to, he's going to turn into a clear force for me because I was so impressed with him at Newbury. But go Road for Nigel, Swiss, and Davis. They, if you remember on the Chatham preview podcast, I said he ran a quicker time over the last three furlongs. than Sorum Glory in the Bedford Hurdle on that Newbury card when beating um, Hitman. And, um, Sorry, not hit man, good ball. Same honors. Um, he they then skipped the supreme and went to the county. I think that was a mistake. He couldn't deal with the hustle and bustle of that race, and he was sitting in the front, and everything was coming from off the pace, and he was just a sitting duck. And he was still a bit green. Um, he's twenty-five to one. I think he would have an each-way chance in this as well. And again, he'll go off half their odds probably if he's declared. And and the ones we don't think are, are not going to be declared are not declared. Absolutely perfect, Dave.
1: No, they're they're. Two big shouts. And that is fascinating, actually, Dave. Yeah, when you do look through this race, if you did have any sort of a, a leaning from a stable or anything else that a certain horse was definitely going here, it is the one to back in, because even the likes of uh, Manella Drama there has jacked up for Donald McCain. He's 16 to 1, and he could go off an awful lot shorter. So the uh, so definitely, that is that is an interesting shout. <coughs> Next up, lads, is the 3 o'clock, the uh, two-mile Dune Bar Maghul Novices Chase. Uh, this looks an absolute done deal. Um, I'm just going to ask you quickly, lads, because there's no point wasting too much time here. Uh, Dave, I do not see Shishkin beaten. No, he won't be beaten. No, no, not a chance. Absolutely perfect. And Paddy, you're not going to say anything crazy here.
2: No, he's, he's he's well clear on ratings, isn't he? And be interesting to see how, how much this race cuts up. But all, all you've got to be doing here is is pick your selection to
1: back without the winner, isn't it? That's it exactly, Paddy. It's probably like a dartboard there now, Paddy, at that point. Moving on now, lads, to the uh, 335. This is the uh, Ryanair Stairs Hurdle. This is, of course, the old. Liverpool hurdle. This is over three miles and a half a Furlong. Paisley Park's your favourite here. Um, I thought he'd quite a hard race at Cheltenham now. I, I'd be slow enough to back him. Paddy, uh, Time Hill was obviously an unfortunate horse not to be running. Um, this is his first run back, hopefully. I see Tom O'Brien, who's now Philip Hobbs' first jockey, because Dickie Johnson is gone. We will start on that, actually, Paddy. Uh, Dickie Johnson, Paddy, where would he rank among the uh, the pantheon of grades for you? He, he was a gentleman. By all accounts, buddy,
2: he was, and you know, I, I know, obviously that 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 term is is going to be slung about people saying, oh, he was a gentleman, and and you know, g- generally he was a bit samey. But I was doing William Hill the other day when when it was announced, and it's the first thing I said. I said, of all the years that I, I'd I'd been around him or whatever, I had anything to do with him, I've never ever seen him show any sort of aggression or be short with anybody you know (laughs) he was just he was just a very pleasant guy and to say you watch him in the saddle how aggressive and how strong he was gets down off a horse's back and he's softly spoken as he always was and just have very very mannerly and I've never seen him conduct himself in any other way and and, and they've been the comments right across the board haven't they?
1: They have they have, Paddy. And just because I think the last year or two has been kind of not his fault, really. Philip Hobbs's yard maybe hasn't been been swinging, Paddy. But he was a superb jockey as well, Paddy, wasn't he? His whole career. like he's, he's up there with the best of all time, really, isn't he? Yeah, massive. And,
2: you know, even for me being a young fella, you know, race is like... The likes of Anzum, you know, when he won on at, at at Cheltenham, and he he just rode the boots off Thierry Dumont up the run in, just pure brute strength. I mean, him and Anzum were a match made in heaven. You know, they were just just loved a, a a battle, and it's it's incredible how long the guy has been riding. Because you know, when you look through his his numbers, the other day, it's just it it's for him probably in a way. I know he did get to be champion, but. Heartbreaking that, that both him and AP were, were around at the, at the same time because, you know, fortunately, numbers-wise, he, he was in his shadow. But, you know, certainly I think the, the tribute that AP paid to him the other day just sort of sums up how, how good the guy was.
1: 100%. And, Paddy, just before we move on to this race, through, through your whole career, Paddy, um, obviously you were you a jump jockey for years before going to the flat. Who would have been the toughest jockey to actually to to ride against for you, as in what would have been the the kind of facets of a jockey that would that would kind of be very hard to master
2: um, I suppose you 've got all different shapes and sizes really Pe- people have got different sort of qualities, but believe it or not dermal there 's plenty of jockeys that you really wouldn 't want to be landing upsides at the back of the last because you know, chances are you you, you knew they were gonna they were, they were gonna get the better of you. You know, big strong lads. But you know, there was loads of competitive lads that even aren't riding now. I tell you who who was a great competitor and a very very fit hardy guy was Ruddy Green. He's retired. Roddy Green, uh, yeah, completely red. forgot about Roddy, Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Used to ride for Martin Pipe. He's, he's a big. Um, He's a big jockey coach now over here. Now he's one of the main guys. But people like that, people like, they're not really a household name. But they're 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 guys. Now you didn't want to see in your wing mirrors. Now go, you know, going down to the last or even at the back of the last. But you know, for me, it was always a bit of a struggle because I was a very light jump jockey. So them big strong lads, you know, nine times out of ten, they would be getting the better of you from the back of the last. And you know, people like Jason Maguire, you know, they were very very solid strong jockeys and. Um but the thing is you, you you give you give so many guys the ammunition and you know they're oh, yeah. mo more, more than capable of doing the job. It's just getting as as as, as anyone knows, it's just getting the opportunities. But no, the Dickie, Dickie Johnson, but doesn't it just show that the merit of the man he didn't he didn't wait for a, a big Saturday meeting and make a, a big a big announcement. You know, it was he 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 done it at Newton Abbott on a on a whatever it was a Saturday or Sunday, and you know just out of pure loyalty, he it was after a, a horse that he rode for Philip Hop because he still had another ride on the card. Um, he
1: did, he did. You know, yeah.
2: um, you know, but, but because it was for Philip, you know, what his, his 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 most loyal supporter throughout his career, he just drew stumps then, and you know, I I I think that that really sort of it it just about sums the man up, you know.
1: Yeah, him and Noel Feely kind of went out the, uh, the very same way, didn't they? They just went out very quickly and quietly. Um, So, Paddy, you wrote a piece on Galway.com, Paddy, which was an absolutely uh, a fantastic article. You landed on Time Hill. Unfortunately, Time Hill did not run at Cheltenham. Would you be falling on him here at Aintree? I think you'd have to be because there's no doubt
2: both him and Paisley Park, they aren't, although very, very talented, they're, about, they're not entirely straightforward. They've got their little quirks. And, you know, you've got to be worried about how sort of labored Paisley Park was now I know connections have said they're going to maybe switch things up a little bit but I don't even know if, if if he would like that himself Paisley Park more forcing tactics I know he he picked up a bit of money and he ran on the last day but he never at any point was going to win that race which yeah. was disappointing whereas you know at Time Hill he looked quite straightforward when he, he, he got the better Paisley Park at Newbury and then at Ascot he done the same. He's gotten to the front, of the back of the last, and he starts to look up into the stands, and you know, Paisley Park came from a mile back to to come and to come and mug him. Um, I I do think he's a slightly better horse. Uh, Paisley Park for me, is just a bit of a freak, really. Uh, but Time Hill, I think he's very, very classy. There's very little between them. I mean, there's only a pound on on, on official ratings, but just the way Paisley Park went through the race the last day. I've got, to, I've got to just have my reservations about him going here on Saturday and be with Time Hill as, as long as it's a well-run race and that Tom O'Brien, who's a very, very good tactician and is getting the leg up on him here, can just get a lead for as long as he can because he, he is a horse who can run a bit idle when, when, when he's got daylight, but so talented.
1: Absolutely perfect. I completely agree there. And uh, and Dave.
2: Yeah, I agree. Well Patty
0: said there about time hill. I think the fresh angle coming in. I know we had a, a injury, but it was only a slight setback to just rule them out for a week or so. Um so he would have been able to be let down a little bit and then build back up for this. Whereas Paisley Park, Burley Roxana Beacon Edge have all had their main aim was the stairs hurdle at Cheltenham and they were all revved up for that and had a hard race behind florin Porter. Um, Time hill.
1: Well, It could be interesting, though, Dave. Maybe just because, obviously, that's she trip the on the went yeah. to mares. You know, they I'd say they were kicking themselves after that. Now, I'd say they were all right, yeah. But
0: to be honest, like she still had a hard race because they tried ch- yeah. to change yeah. tactics on her and be more forceful on her, so she would, still would have emptied out um, in that race. And maybe she's just not that good. Maybe she kind of, um, maybe that's her level um, in, in that race. You, you don't know, like you know, she's been beaten. By Black Tears, comfortably enough, and she's behind Paisley Park on heavy ground. I think the ground's going to be a big thing for Time Hill. I think he is a good ground horse. um, And I think you can kind of excuse the Ascot defeat with the heavy ground on it. He's beaten Paisley Park on good ground. With Paisley Park, it's just like, I'd say if you compare the horses, the only difference would be Paisley Park might have a bigger horse. I'd say Time Hill has much more talent than Paisley Park. But it's just whether he can put it all in on the day and get his head down in front. Hopefully he does and repays um, Philip Pops for being patient with him. And it pays also being patient as well after missing out on <laughs> on, on the, the Sayers hurdle
4: at channel.
1: Yeah, perfect. I completely agree. So that is a podcast charge there on um, on Time Hill. So now now Everyone, thank God, we are finally here. We are at the uh, the Randox Grand National Handicap Chase. Uh, this is a course run over four miles, two two and a half furlongs. It looks an absolutely cracker renewal. Clotcap Cap is your four to one best price favourite at the moment. He has done absolutely everything right this year, Dave. He looks he looks as 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 good a favourite as you'll find here. This race, though, obviously is stacked full of very talented horses. What way are you leaning on?
0: Yeah, listen. to this it's a minefield. Like, um, I really like Clock Cap. Though I think he's done nothing but improve this year. Um, I was blown away by his performance the last day. Um, like they were good horses in behind him, and he wouldn't have thought he'd be that revved up with the Grand National as the main aim. The Grand National was always going to be the main aim, but he like he's beaten them out the door. He's made odd. He's jumped from fence to fence. And then at Newbury as well, like you don't win a Leopard by ten lengths if you're not a grade one horse. So he's in here, in here off one four eight, and he literally has he has a stone in hand. He's now rate one six two, He's a grade one animal. He's only four to one. He's probably going to be shorter, um, With them colours like people latch on to Trevor Hemmings, runners in the Grand National, and um, he's fairly bomb proof for me. For all that, it's still going to be a forty runner field over over international national fences, um, But I can't see him beating Barrafall um, at bigger prices. I like the storyteller. I think he, he'll suit the race. Um, he'll creep into it. Secret Reprieve has had a layoff after winning the Welsh National. He is an upwardly mobile horse as well. And Milan Nave, I think, might be a, a decent shot as well, but he was disappointed in the old team. Uh, um, Yeah, I, I can't get away from I've tried now. I've tried fairly hard. Um, last night but I can't get away from Godcap. I think he's, <laughs> I, I think he's a very good horse.
1: Absolutely perfect, Dave. Um, and yeah, I can see that that point of view. I've landed down at the moment. I'm torn between any second now and Kimberley Candy. I'll make that decision closer to Saturday. I really like them both. I've been a big fan of kimberlake candy for a long time but as dean ryan pointed out last night on our whatsapp group that horses that haven't had at least three runs going to the grand national haven't won it for a long time that season so he's only had the one run albeit it was a brilliant run over these fences so i'm not sure whether that that he could negate that trend i think any second now looks an absolutely bona fide horse for this race gets in here off a lot of a lovely weight and ted walsh is apparently quite bullish. But his chances, I'm torn between them two, but the two I have backed is the uh, Storyteller, a slightly bigger. I think he'll be very well suited, as Dave said, to this race. I'd just be a small bit worried if he was held up a bit too much that he would be a bit of a hostage to Fortune. But he will want this trip in every one of his races so far. He's been staying on and staying on, and he ran quite well in the stairs hurdle as well when Keith Dunne, who didn't knock him about the chance was gone and then one horse that i'm taking a flyer on at 40 to 1 paddy is um is taking risks for nicky richards i know he's 12 years old which isn't a good trend for this but he's an ex-scottish grand national winner i love scottish grand national winners or any national winner coming into this i love the fact that he was very good last time at doncaster when sean quinlan actually lost the reins jumping the last and he still got up to beat i write um he's won on this ground before nicky richards has got his tree runs into him. Paddy at 40 to 1, he might cause a bit of a shock,
2: Paddy, couldn't he? Yeah, he's been a cracking horse taking risks, and, you know, I don't know if you've seen the video of him schooling over his entry fences. Um, last week, he looked absolutely electric, you know, for a 12-year-old. He's got an awful lot of enthusiasm, and, coming from this outfit, from the Nicky Richards stable, dermo, for 12-year-old, very, very low mileage, as are with so many of Nicky's, and, Obviously, he's a Scottish National winner. Sean Quinlan gets on well with him. Ten stones, seven. He ticks plenty of boxes, there's no doubt. I, I don't think that's a bad shout at all. Um, but like I say, look, this is the Grand National, lads. And I mean, I think our favourite is a very, very solid favourite. And I mean, I, I would back him at that price. But the thing is, it, through no fault of his own, you can't really assess how your horse is going until they've at least sort of gotten to the canal turn first time to see how he's enjoying the fences more so of anything, how much luck he's having is looking running as regards a clear passage. I've got, I've got no worries about cloth cap because he's a very old fashioned looking type. He's very good on his feet. He's a good traveler, good jumper. Just, you know, he he does, he does tick every box, but He's going to have that many horses around him he needs the look in running and you know I've seen the the interview with with Trevor Hemmings on Sunday morning as well also and and he he's very aware of that fact that he's a wordy favorite but he he's gonna need so much luck as well um but the fact that he is theoretically a stone well in and he's he's looking so progressive. He's, I think he he is actually entitled to be that price, but you know it's a Grand National and, and it is a, it is a skimpy price to be taken. But I I think he's solid and so the but the other two I wanted to mention was one that you've mentioned, Dermo, Kimberley Candy. That's a very good stat that that Dean Ryan came out with, and you've got to take that um, on board. But you know two very two two runs around the track, two very solid runs finishing in the money both times, and, and Richie McLernan is jocked up to take the ride. And then the other horse, I, I I believe he's still needing one or two to come out was Evan Williams' secret reprieve because he's 43 on the list at the minute, but he's only a seven-year-old, 10-stone one. Unfortunately, Adam Wedges isn't, isn't going to be back in time to ride him, but I'm pretty sure that Sean Bowen has, has had the call-up, so he's going to need a bit of luck, one or two, to, to drop out, but he looks very, very progressive this horse and he done well to get himself up off the floor literally on his comeback run this year and he's won boat runs since and obviously as we've seen him the last day he's very very high class he's been kept for this 91 days since we last seen him I just keep my fingers crossed that you know that the numbers go his his way and, 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 and he just sneaks in there down the bottom
1: Absolutely perfect Paddy if I had to hold you to one Paddy um, so who would be your bet it would be Clot Cap. I
2: think cloth cap with, with just with a clear passage. That's a with I clear mean, passage. You know, I've got, I've got, I've got no worries. You know, normally you could, you could list the, the good and the bad points. For me, I, I ha- haven't got any about that horse, and it, it's rare that happens.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic, Fanny. and Dave. I think I know your answer.
2: Yeah, cloth cap
1: as well. Yeah, cloth cap, perfect. And I would actually, um, at the moment, I'd be going taking risks. That's my each-way bet of the race. I think at 40 to one is a a huge price. Um, so that's perfect. That is the angel Gran National. So, um, for anything else, lads, that is that's running throughout the week. Um, I have two here. I have um in the Red Rum Handicap Chase, which is the 440 on Thursday. I think Moon Over Germany is very interesting. He's a previous winner of this race. He runs her off 148, but Jordan Gameford claims uh, seven pounds off that. And Jordan Gameford, as we all know now, is the um is the second coming he's uh, he's a very exciting young jockey who's absolutely flying so his claim will actually bring this horse down to a mark of 141 which is only five pounds higher than when he won this race absolutely easily back in 2019 so moon over germany this does look a small bit of a plan and moon over germany does look back down to a mark that he can strike here in a race that he he has won before and um that's actually it for me i think yeah so dave anything else
0: yeah, I echo everything you say there about moving over Germany. I thought it was a very eye catching jockey, book, jockey booking, and it does look like a bit of a plan from Henry Bromhead to come back to this race. Um, the won two years ago. In the another one, just in the Betway handicap chase, the 4.15, on the race before the Grand National, I thought Top Notch would have a good each way chance there for Nicky Henderson. It uh, was third behind the shunter last time at Cheltenham. That was his first run after a wind off. The wind off seems to have, have improved him a little bit. Um, and he could go well here in this race. You know Happy Go Lucky's there and stuff like that, but I think he, he can be competitive off a of marker 154. And that'll be it him and Moon Over Germany in the rest of the races.
1: Perfect. I, I'd actually forgotten one as well. Uh, Baron of Adon is entered in the 145 on Saturday at uh, at Aintree, which is the very first race of the day. And that will be his first run for david bridgewater hopefully and um, david targeting a festival with him he will go over fences next year he's an eight-year-old now so we want to start going but this is again as i've said a few times on this podcast this is all based back on that brown lad handicap hurdle uh, win when he beat Damalisk, who's obviously gone on to absolutely brilliant things afterwards so i think that is incredibly hard uh, strong form so baron of Vadon dawn is one and uh, moon over germany is the other have you any others to watch out for patty
2: I think although favourite, um Pam Sly's mayor in the in the bumper on the Thursday, I leaned over. Um you know, obviously the they sort of ticked or they they crossed, should I say, Cheltenham off the list after the win at market raising the last day. But that form now of market raising is starting to look very, very solid and you know Pam Sly is a very shrewd operator and, and, and I think this homebred looks very, very classy, and I think she's got, got a real good one here. I wouldn't like her to go off much shorter than, than what she is, but uh, I do think that they've, they've made the right choice by hanging on for a track like Aintree, and, and um, I think a very solid favourite I leaned over for the bumper on Thursday.
1: Absolutely perfect. So we'll move on now just to finish up on this podcast. We will finish up now with... Um, with our naps of the whole week now, lads. Obviously, we will leave the, the Grand National out of this because we've already given our Grand National fancies. So, uh, Paddy, who would your nap of the whole week be? It's difficult. Um, you you could be
2: here. You could be here all day, and you could you could have <laughs> you could have five naps. Um, but I think I'm I'm going to take a little. I won't say a flyer because he's second in, but. I really like waiting patiently, Dermot. And for me, this just looks right up his tree. Three mile round entry. Now, I know people have sort of said about riding him more forward or whatever and, and maybe asking him for his effort earlier. But I just think that Brian Hughes knows this horse better than anybody. This horse will only, will only go when he's ready and when he g- gives you the impression that, you know, you really can't force him up through his gears. And if everything just drops right for him, on Thursday. I think waiting patiently at roundabouts four to one because Clan de Zobo, for me, on the back of what we've been seeing recently, will take no turning over and Native River has got to, you know, leave an ordinary effort behind him. I think waiting patiently is a cracking bit at four to one.
1: Absolutely brilliant, Paddy. That's a, uh, I adore that horse, so I think you have me uh, be persuaded there to follow you in. Um, I quite like Abacadabra's Um, I'm, uh, Absolutely very, very fond of this horse and he is going to be my nap of the week in the entry hurdle. So Dave, who's your nap of the week?
0: Um, I'm going to go with Dashing Perk in the Fox and Thurs, uh, chase on the Thursday, the 4.05. Um, for the reason I said earlier on, uh, I think it's just been a bit of a plan by Richard Newland. Book the right man on for now, uh, Sam Wadey Cohn. And that run behind Cat de Burleigh, who is a very good horse in this fe in this type of race, and um, was very eye catching. And so should have him right for this. So, Dashing Perk in the 405 on Thursday,
1: uh, absolutely perfect. So, that is the end of. Of the race hour podcast for the entry festival we will see you again for the punch sound festival again just because of the fact that it is our 100 podcast. we just want to thank each and every one of you for continuing to to listen to us waffle on now for for quite a long time we're we want to thank each and every one of you we also want to thank our producer richard delaney who has been absolutely superb through our previous nights and everything else richard is uh, is the man that completely runs this behind the uh, scenes and he's truly brilliant what he does and to finish up uh best of luck dave because we won't talk to you now until next season best of luck with your uh your incoming uh, child please god it all goes well and the best of luck from everybody at the race hour to you cheers no yeah definitely. All. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah
0: it's a second one patty so it's just gonna be carnage
1: <laughs> hopefully not like the top of him. um so uh-huh. uh, uh, thanks very much from all of us here at the race hour and have a great week
2: You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news, and bookmaker reviews.